Hey, um, let's dive in today to talk a little bit about that wonderful farmer in Scripture who throws the seed. It's a, it's a story that Jesus is telling, and it's a very compelling story. I've read it lots of times. So have you. It's very familiar. And anytime you teach a familiar passage, you, you wonder how you can get it to be deposited in people's life. And I learned from this story, if you have an open heart and the soil of your heart is good, then God can plant some seeds in there today from this story. But uh, we've simply called it no root, no fruit. <laughs> Do you get it? Okay, I just want to make sure that you're with me on that. Um, hey, how many of you have planted something so far this year? How many of you, it, you would say you probably, it probably won't live because you planted it? <laughs> that's, that's my problem, man. My wife, I, she, she can plant something anywhere, and it just like takes off. And if I try it, even if I help her, it doesn't work. So she just says, you go read a book, and I'll do this. And I say, yay. That, that works. You know, it's kind of like, like when you first get married. If, guys, if you do the laundry... It really ruins something that she loves, then you'll never have to do the laundry again. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's horrible. I'm just joking. I, I, still, I still remember in grade school, you guys remember this? You remember this? With the, with the planting? Did you guys do this? Yeah, you put some soil in there and open it up and plant the seed and take it home and water it and put it in the sun and I was just positive that that mine wouldn't grow and everybody else's would but mine did I'm I'm a, I'm a farmer see it was amazing because to see that one little seed takes the water and because of the soil it really does grow and there's something powerful about that and that's why this story is so compelling because we're called to be throwing seed so let's, let's look at it. Um, the first thing in your outline is just the art of storytelling. I, I want to talk about this for a minute because Jesus tells lots of stories. And he, they're called parables in the, in the Bible. Um, parabole is the Greek word which simply uh, means to use an illustration that is a metaphor to help explain to increase understanding. And so that's why Jesus talked in parables. Parables are not necessarily true stories, though they could be true. They're just created to help us learn. Now I'm going to go with Mark chapter 4, 1 through 20. And we're just, just leave your Bible open if you have it with you. And we'll just bounce around in this chapter. Verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. That's interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then he sat in the boat while the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. And then he's about to jump into one, which we'll look at. Um, some scholars believe that Jesus, knowing the science of voice projection and water, that there possibly could have been several thousand people there that day that would come to hear Jesus teach because he had done some miracles by now. He's very well known. People want to be around him. And so he, he uses the water 
his voice would reflect off of the water and potentially reach a lot of people. It's almost like a, a natural sound system. But anyway, he's sitting in this boat and he begins teaching and he begins telling these stories. Now, the reason he talked in parables is kind of fascinating. This chapter explains why he does it. So you can read down a little further and he'll explain it. But let me just give you the gist of it. The first reason he talked in parables was because it was a common way to teach in Judaism in his day. He was not the only one who used parables, okay? The second reason is that um, it made his teaching more memorable. I don't know about you. I forget my own sermons, but I always remember a good story. And so he told stories to help people remember and to grasp a hold of stuff. And then thirdly, and probably most significantly, is parables had hidden meanings so that people who had a, as, as, as he says it, an ear to hear, if they had a heart that was sensitive to discerning, the discerning of the Holy Spirit in their life, then they would understand the parable. But the people who had a rebellious heart or a hardened heart wouldn't get the message. And so he, he used parables to try to go to the core of someone's heart who was open, and yet those who were rebellious against God wouldn't even understand what he was talking about. So let's dive into this parable. The second point in your outline says, soil that has become hardened. Soil that has gotten hard. It's, it's like a path, and it's been trodden upon. Let's look at it in verse 3 as we dive into this story. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it, Across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. So just, just keep in mind, there's going to be four types of soil, and this is the first type, and only one out of four make it, all right? This seed doesn't make it because it lands on a hard path, and it doesn't have a chance to go down below the surface. So what happens? Anybody have bird feeders at home? Yeah. Those birds find those bird feeders. So I'm certain there were birds looking for on the paths to, to pick up that seed. And so that seed that went on the path got eaten by the birds. It's, it's not on the screen, but Jesus in verse 15, if you have your Bible open, you can just see, it says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So it's, it's kind of like, God plants a seed, the farmer throws seed, there's something put in your heart today, but you walk out of this room and Satan tries to take it away. And, and you don't get to keep it. And you still feel that, have that lost feeling, that seed's never planted. By the way, in this story, the, it's clearly made, uh, the point is made that the seed is the Word of God. The, the truth about who God is. And so I started thinking about a hardened heart when seed falls on my heart that God wants me to get because it's hard. It never has a, has a chance to germinate. What causes, what causes us to have our heart get hardened? What would you think? You think it's pain or trials or people problems? I was thinking about this in my own life. One of the times that, that I've probably developed a little bit of a hardened heart. And I, I'm a sensitive person, so I, I don't think I've really had a lot of days or years or weeks in my life where I've where I've developed a, a callus or a hardness toward the things of God. But I know I've had seasons when probably God was trying to plant seeds in me that my heart was not receptive. And I started thinking about what that might look like. First of all, do you think you know it when you start getting a hardened heart? 
What do you think? Do you think you go like, oh man, I'm really, I'm, I'm really rebellious right now or I really don't want, I don't, I don't know if people who have this really know they are. And, and I, I just thought of a couple things like, like arrogance, pride, I think are a result of a hardened heart and create more of a hardened heart because it's this don't tell me what to do. Um, I know what I'm going to do and I know what my life's going to be. Have you ever tried to talk to someone or plant good seed in their life and they're like, who are you to tell me what to do? And there's just no receptivity. I never want to be that way. I, I hope you will not be that way. I think impatience is a sign. Because impatience sort of is one of those things where there's no tolerance or kindness. People are just in your way of you getting what you want, of you doing your agenda, of you getting to the store you're driving to, and people are just a nuisance. Because it's all about good old number one, right? And I think that, that can create a hardened heart. Um, if, I put, if I put seed, I tried to put some seed in my pocket today, but I couldn't ever find it last night. And so... <laughs> I brought this uh, penny, which I can't find now either. There it is. So I'll just pretend like this is a seed, okay? If I plant a really good seed, let's say it's the best seed you can buy, it always works, and I set it on this table, would it, would it germinate? Would it grow anything? Of course not. Why not? Because it's on a hard surface that won't receive it. You can have the best seed. You can have the Word of God. You can have someone giving you the best counsel ever. But if that just lands on a hardened heart, it's, it's not going to make a difference in your life. And so let's examine where we are. Let's really be honest about saying, God, show me where I am with this seed. The, the, the next kind of soil is this, the soil that is shallow. So the problem here is not a hardened heart, and it's not a hard path. The seed in this case is actually going to make it into the ground. Let's look at what it says here. It says in verse 5, Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But here's the catch. The plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, what happened? It died. It died. Because in order for a plant to actually grow up, remember, it has to grow down. Because the root system, that's what allows it to have the moisture to bring it life. And so in our lives, it's no different. You know, Jesus in verse 16, on down in the section, it's not on the screen, but I just want you to listen to it. It says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or they're persecuted for believing God's Word. I think this happens to a lot of people. I think it's very typical for someone to hear the message of Christ and say, yeah, I want that. I mean, forgiveness is a cool thing. Would you agree? <laughs> when you can unload the burden the weight of guilt and shame and you can give it to Jesus who died for your sins and you hear that for the first time and you go, that's a pretty good trade. I'll do that. And it feels good to feel forgiven. It feels good to have the freedom from sin. But then what happens is people walk away from that moment and though that seed has truly been planted, if it doesn't grow down, if it doesn't have time to really grow a deep root, it's going to be plucked right out. The sun's going to hit it. Troubles in life are going to come. And you're not going to have a chance of keeping that, um, keeping that seed planted. Have you ever said to someone or have you ever had someone say to you, why don't you just grow up? 
<laughs> you don't have to acknowledge it, okay? But, but I've heard that said before. Well, grow up. And what does that mean? It means that you, your response has not been as godly or mature as it should be. And someone's saying, grow up. Well, sometimes that's how we are as baby Christians, is we have these, this seed that's been planted in us, but we can't grow up because it's shallow soil, and that sun and trials of life take it away and, and burn it out uh, of us. The question that I, I sort of put down for me is this, to ask this, and then we'll move to the next soil. When you have trouble in life, when you have trials that are truly bigger than you, does it push you toward God or toward blaming God? Think about which you are, because usually it's one or the other for most people. And, and I am so thankful. I grew up in a home where when we had trouble, we always ran to God. I mean, it was like cling to God, you know? And so that's what we did. And that, that's what I was taught from the time I was a little guy. But I'm, I meet a lot of people, it might surprise you, or, or people of faith who love God. The seed has been planted in their heart. But when, when the trials of life come and the challenges, they sort of get this attitude like, God, what's up with this? Why are you doing this to me? And it's a blame game. It's almost blaming God for their problems instead of recognizing in this life you will have trouble. God is who we should run to, not blame. And so... Let's keep that in mind. The, the next kind of soil, number four in your outline, is soil filled with thorns. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Soil that's filled with thorns. Now, this is another type of soil that the seed gets through the top, but it dies for a different reason. Verse 7, Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. So maybe you could still see them. They were still alive, but they were not allowed to fully become because the weeds. How many of you just hate it that weeds grow naturally and good stuff doesn't? It just drives me crazy. Just amazing. And that's what he's saying. Down again in verse 18, Jesus says when he's explaining this, he said, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is, now get this, follow me on this, is crowded out, and then he names three things. The worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. Let's, let's break that down a minute and talk about those three things for a second. The worries of life. What, what is it in this world that causes us to worry? How many of you are worriers? Just get it naturally, okay. Maybe it's a stack of bills on your dresser. How many of you put your bills in the same place? You get the mail, you go through, you stack them up. And then every time you walk in there, you go, oh, I need to pay those, right? <laughs> Some people worry about relationships, you know, marriages that are not healthy, raising kids. I mean, man, alive, if you have kids, I thought, I thought it would just be smooth sailing once I got them all out of the house. But how many of you know you're a parent forever? And it's actually a blast. I'm loving it. But it still can create worry. You worry about your kids. <laughs> I, I will admit sometimes I lose sleep because stuff is on my mind. I, I've prayed about it. I've said, God, help me. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a good sleeper. But sometimes, do you ever wake up like at 2 o'clock in the morning and your brain starts to go down this track and you're like, no, no, don't go down that track. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. Oh, it's too late. And then it's 3 o'clock before you know it. <laughs> Drives me crazy. 
we worry about stuff. The worries of life are real. And it can choke out the good seed of God. Don't let that happen. Guard against that. Cast your cares on the Lord. The next thing he says is the lure of wealth. I think, I think this is a, a pretty serious thing. Notice it's not wealth. It's the lure of it. It's the, the love of money that's, that's evil, not money itself. And so money's neutral. But we have to somehow not become obsessed with the lure of wealth and wanting to have wealth in our lives. And I, I've seen this just drive people to do things that are crazy things and, and waste their life chasing after some dream that will probably never happen. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue a good job and, and be financially stable, but that lure of wealth can choke out the good seed that God puts in you. Here, let me illustrate it like this. Don't raise your hand to this, but just receive this question in kindness, okay? Have you been kept up at night out of worry for thousands of people in this community that don't yet know Christ? Has that driven you to your knees? Have you spent hours talking with God about that? What kind of plans are you making to change that? See, typically, we don't worry about the right things because the right things get choked out because of the stuff on our plates. You following me there? And so my priorities, as much as I want them to be about chasing hard after people who don't yet have a connection with God, man, this other plate is so full that I don't have fresh eyes on this very often. And so just think about that. And how can we have fresh eyes? How can we have seed that we can plant and put into the lives of others when those moments come our way? And then he says the desire for other things. Um, I, think, I think that's pretty generic, but it basically just means that there's a ton of stuff on the path that can choke out the good seed in your life. Be aware of that. Pay attention to that. These things are not necessarily sinful. I, I, I think there's stuff that tries to choke good out of me that isn't sinful at all, but it just, it's just time-consuming, and it, it ends up taking all of your energy, and you're not able to focus your energy on the stuff that matters most. Let's look at the, finally, the good soil. <laughs> all right? Soil that produces fruit, number five in your outline there. Now, it's one out of four. That's kind of interesting to me, too, that you have all these three choices that none of the seed makes it. And finally, Jesus comes to this one in verse 8. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, they grew, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as what had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Here's the equation. Good soil that receives good seed produces good fruit. That's a wonderful equation. Now, it's a challenge even if you're a farmer. My grandpa was a farmer, and so I don't know a lot about farming, but I know even, even the soil matters a lot, and there are seasons when it needs to rest. You know, I always get, a, not frustrated, but I always kind of shake my head when my wife is changing out our pots, you know, and, and she brings these bags of soil that cost money. And I'm like, honey, that's just dirt. We're paying for dirt? She said, no, this is good dirt. You want, 
this soil, the stuff will grow. I'm thinking, there's a whole field behind my house with dirt. Let's just use that, right? Anybody with me on that? But here's the problem. That's why stuff I plant doesn't grow. So there might be, it might be that in your life right now, you need a rebuild season. You need a rest. You need, you need that sun to come down and replenish the topsoil of your life and put nutrients back in you. When you constantly give, you can't always grow healthy stuff when you're running on empty all the time. So the soil matters. And that seed fell on fertile soil, the Bible says. And boy, if you have good seed in fertile soil, it's, it's going to naturally grow. And that's what we want in our lives. It produces this good fruit. So, so I started thinking about this. I've just called it reflections in the last part of your, your outline there that I'm just going to bullet through pretty quick here. But I want you to think about this with me. What are some takeaways in our lives that could change us tomorrow? How will I be different because of this message? And so let's reflect. Number one is what kind of soil am I? What is, what is in your heart? Is the soil of your life soil that can receive the Word of God and take root and grow in a healthy manner? Or if the stats are right, there's only a one out of four chance that I have that kind of soil. And so I need to pay attention to that today. Where am I really? Do, do I really know? Am I receptive to God? Or am I just adding God to my grocery cart like everything else? And I'm just moving through life and, yeah, I'll take a little God and a little of this and a little prayer time and some ketchup and, you know. And it's just this buffet attitude of sort of going through life with God and others and journey and work. And no, no, when do I say, God, I surrender. I, I die to self. This isn't about me. Wake me up for lost people. Change my thought processes, though it's not always about me. Do I have this kind of a heart? What is the fruit that comes from a great heart? I immediately thought of Galatians 5. And listen to what verse 22 and following says. This is kind of the fruit of the Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, weigh these words. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. <laughs> Man, I already flunked, right? It's like, really? That's the fruit? Yeah, that's the fruit. That's the, the stuff, that's the byproduct of having this healthy seed in my life deposited and growing in the right manner. Praise God for that. I want that. I want you to have that. I really do. The second reflection is this. Do I have safeguards that keep the soil, the soil in my life healthy? Will I, will I be able to let it rest at times? Will I know those boundaries? Will I receive correction from people I trust and respect? Or am I just going to blow through life doing it my way? I want to have soil in my life where I'm approachable to consider things that I might need to take a look at and change in my life. I think that's healthy. I think all of us need that. If I said write down two names of people who speak into your life that result in changing your behavior. Could you do that right now? Could you really come up with two people that you've said, I give you permission to speak in my life? I think that's an important component. So work on that if you, if you don't have that. Number three is, will I recognize fertile soil? Now, I'm going to flip the table on you and we're going to move away from talking about us right now. We're going to talk about others. 
Will I recognize when I come across soil that is fertile that God has opened the door for me to plant some seed? We're, we're the people who throw seeds. We're all farmers today. Praise God, we get to throw seed. And so will I live my life in a way that I recognize, wow, I'm discerning in my spirit. This is an opportunity that God has set up for me and I need to pay attention to what I say here. I need to pay attention to this conversation, this discussion. Because you know what my fear is? <laughs> my fear is that sometimes God will spend a year setting up a conversation and I'm just gonna blow right past it. If I don't recognize when God's opening a door for me, think how that must feel if you're God. And God's going, I've worked four months. This guy's family has been praying for him all over the country. And I put you right in front of him. And I've opened up his heart. And all you do is talk about the weather. You know, and I think sometimes it must be tough to be God. <laughs> right? Because of the opportunities that I possibly miss. And I'm just saying, let's... I don't think we should bug people. You can, you can throw seed at a wall all day and it'll only have, have no fruit. So I'm not one to turn every conversation into a Jesus conversation. I think you'd be someone's friend. But I want to discern when that moment is and when God is leading me to say, that's fertile soil. Make a difference now. Number four, the last reflection is this. Well, will I have seed to throw. It's fascinating to me how this, this works. Some of you farmers, you, you know this stuff. Um, you, can have, you can have the perfect soil and it's ready to receive, but if there's no seed, there will not be a harvest. I think this is a picture of us. I think it's a picture of us in this city. How do we as God's kids, as the kingdom of God people, how do we throw seed into that fertile soil in our community and in our world? And will we have any to throw? Or will I just live consumed doing my stuff? To have seed to throw takes preparation. It takes planning. It takes uh, the time to prepare and, and get ready. To, if you've ever watched the seed going out into a field, it's amazing how that happens. And, and so let's be people who will willfully say, God, would you make sure that I am living in such a way that I have something to offer? when that opportunity comes. I want that for you, I want it for me. Let's pray together. Lord, I need you right now. I need your strength and we need you. We wanna be a church that reflects your hand and your mighty power. And so in this moment, would you prepare some people to respond in a way that might be difficult for them, but they will be honest and they will commit to being honest. I thank you for that. With heads bowed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for those of you, first of all, who would just be honest enough to say, I, I think my heart has become a little hardened. You guys, it might be that you've been hurt in church. You've been hurt by Christians. Maybe it's just, you don't even know why, but you, you, you can recognize you have less patience. Uh, maybe you're more critical. It's just a hardened heart. And, and God really wants to, massage that heart and stir it up a little bit and open you up to receive the good seed, the Word of God. If that's you, could I pray for you? Just lift up, lift up your hand if you know there's some truth in that about you. Okay? God bless you. Thank you. Lord, we pray for these who would acknowledge this and they recognize it. That's the first step. Thank you for that. We pray that you, you will come along and you will till the soil of our hardened hearts 
and that you will help us to be receptive to the words of truth that we can be the people of God, that we can operate by the Spirit in our lives. And we trust you to do that today. We offer you our lives. We offer you our lives. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you that it's kind of that whole thorny soil. I just felt really impressed this week to pray for those of you that live in the worry of life, the, the busy, hectic, too many things on your plate, and eventually it all comes running down. But you would say, I'm, I'm a worrier. I've got to cast my cares on the Lord. It chokes out the good seed of God. Maybe you love God. This isn't questioning that. You're a follower of Jesus, but it's just those priorities need to be looked at because you're not giving your best to the kingdom of God. It's all this other stuff that's taken your life. How many of you would raise your hand to that? Do so now. God bless you. Lord, We just this could be any of us at different seasons in our lives, and so we recognize it. We come alongside our brothers and sisters. We pray over them. We pray strength into them, encouragement into them. We ask you to be strong right now, to give them a, a way to reprioritize their lives. Give them a plan. Put people in their life. Let them focus this week even on sitting down with you and setting some boundaries in their life that will help them recognize what you're saying to them about the priorities in their life. I just pray, God, that you will help us to cast our cares on you, that we will not be worriers for no just reason, but we will be people who trust you, lean hard on you, and work hard to bring about your plan on this earth. I thank you for it. Lastly, I just want to pray for those of you that might, might be here and that seed needs to be planted in you today. You're separated from God because of sin in your life and the challenges and Maybe you just haven't believed before, but today there's something nudging on your heart. And the Word of God is, is being planted in you. And you want to pray a prayer that simply says, I'm going to trust God today with my future. I would love to pray with you in that way. I won't embarrass you or ask you to come up here right where you're seated. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, would you just lift your hand to God right now and say, that's me. I'm going to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them back down. God bless you. Thanks, you guys. God's talking to you. I know he is. That's a powerful thing. Just pray this right where you're seated. Lord, cleanse my heart right now. I do believe in you. I, I am coming to faith right now. I'm crossing that line. You're planting a seed in me. I trust that you died for me on that cross and rose from the dead. I believe. I give you my life and my future. Help me to have a fresh start. And to, and to be a person of God. I thank you. I receive this forgiveness by faith in your name. We pray these things, mighty God. And everyone said amen. Mighty, great. We love you. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence together, corporately worshiping you, honoring you, lifting up your word, your truth. Thank you for depositing your word in us today. Help us to be farmers this week. Help us to go scatter some seed and may it land on that fertile soil in someone's heart that might just change their life forever. We thank you and we give you the praise for it. I'm gonna invite our prayer team if they would come now. If you want prayer with someone, we'd love to do that. Just come on up and let us do that. I love you. I'm proud of you. I pray for you faithfully and your families that God will be the Lord of all in your lives. Look to him and remember the service starts now. God bless you. Go in his grace. Thanks for being at Timberline.